Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. How you guys doing? It's already an incredible, incredible morning, and I'm so glad that you're here. Um, it's an honor to have you gathering with us today in person and online, um, and, and I feel like God's up to something special today. And so before we get into the message, we have a lot of really cool things to celebrate today. I uh, really feel like God wants to deposit something significantly into our lives. Listen, I don't know where you're walking in on your spiritual journey, but a couple of things. You are loved, safe, and welcome here in this community. We're so glad that you're here. Our mission here is to help people find their way to God from where they are, and we are committed to that. We mean that, and that means that wherever you might find yourself today, we're committed to simply helping you take a next step in whatever that means for you today. And so genuinely excited. I hope that the stories today were inspiring and encouraging, and man, the boldness and all that God has done. Can you guys put your hands together again for all the incredible, incredible stories? And hey, I wanted to make a note. Um, everyone that was um, helping baptize our friends today, they played a part in their stories up to this point, whether it was you know massively significant or even just through the relational spaces of community and city groups. Everyone that was helping baptize today was in process of those relationships. And so in this series of identity, calling, and community, a lot of what God is doing is through community. And we have both large and small groups, city groups is what we call them, that are spaces where we build community, where we grow together. And no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, you're welcome in those spaces as well. And so I hope that you're encouraged in that. Um, you know, I, I feel like before we get into the message, we just need to take a moment and um, maybe, maybe like sit in what we've experienced already this morning. And so if you don't mind, this might be new to you and that's okay, um, but we, we often try to practice what's called listening prayer, which is just, just a space of quieting our own hearts and minds and listening to what the Holy Spirit might be saying to us today. And so if you're new to you know, faith or Jesus or church or you're like, I have no idea what that means, that's cool. We'll just sit in silence and we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit and God to meet with us today and speak. And so if you just take like a few seconds with me and embrace the silence, you guys cool with that? Let's just sit and reflect on all the goodness of God today. So let's take a moment and be quiet. And if you need a prayer in your mind as we sit here, maybe very simply say, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to say to me today? Is there anything you want me to do? Jesus, we hold to the promise that you gave us that when we're gathered together, you meet with us, whether it's in a large group like this or just two or three of us. 
And so we, we acknowledge that you're here, but we ask for your Holy Spirit to come and meet with us in a very tangible way today. It feels like today, Jesus, there are some people you want to set free from addiction and from depression and from loneliness and from anxiety. Feels like there's some people today you want to encourage to let them know how deeply you love them and how much you care and how involved you are in the spaces that they feel like you're not even there. It feels like you want to call us into more, that we wouldn't look to all the things around us to find fulfillment, but we would, we would start chasing after you and find everything we're looking for in you And, and, and find lives that are worth living and worth sharing with the world around us. So whatever your agenda is today, God, we want to surrender to it together. Would you quiet all of the voices in our minds, the, the doubt, the skeptic in us, the fear, the lies, and would your voice be the only one we can hear today? It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together for what God's going to do today, friends. So glad that you're here. Hey, it's a really special day. In addition to celebrating a baptism, uh, we also uh, are celebrating our friends Billy and Gina. It is their very last Sunday with us here at City Church. You can clap in, in sorrow. Yeah, give me a sad clap. Cry on the inside, cry on the outside, do all of it. For those of you that don't know Billy and Gina, they've been incredible uh, team members, family members, leaders in our church, and today is their last Sunday with us as they prepare to go to Central Asia um, to live on mission in the spaces that they're going to live, work, and play there. And so we're so glad uh, to have the privilege a couple of, of weeks ago to have them here in person to interview them, but today... Uh, after the service, uh, they're going to be in the lobby just hanging out, so you can go chat with them, uh, cry all over them. Don't take a tissue and just use their shirts and wipe your nose. You know, do all of that. Don't do that. That's gross. But um, definitely take some time. There's a table set up in the lobby with some cards and opportunities just to uh, write prayers over them, write fond memories, all the things just to invest in them. So linger as long as you like and invest in them and let them know about your love for them. Um, and really excited as a church, by the way, for everyone who gives here at City Church is because of your radical generosity that we not only get to send them out in prayer, but we get to partner with them in a pretty significant way financially. So can you put your hands together for just your generosity in that? And we're so grateful for God's provision and the teams that they're working with and the ability that they have to, to leave and be totally um, uh, funded in, in the space that God has called them to. And so really, really special day. Also, Bill and Gene, I don't know if you saw it, but there is uh, this really cool like digital picture frame out there. And so since you're going to be across the world, that's uh, City Church's gift to you from the family here. You didn't even know you were getting them a gift. You're, way to go, guys, right? It's like every kid's birthday I show up to, right? Danielle's like, we got them this. I'm like, oh, great. That's from us. So today we have, we have a gift. It's this digital frame to keep you connected over the in interwebs to all your friends and family and let pictures make you cry every time you walk through your living room. So that's for you guys. So it's a really special day. Uh, in that regard, as well as the baptisms. And so today, we're also in this series of identity and discovery and calling. And here's the statement I'd like to start with today, and uh, I just want to see how it sits with you. You were made on purpose and for a purpose. 
You were created, you were intentionally crafted and made on purpose and for a purpose. You don't have to answer out loud, but do you believe that? Do you believe it? Like, I mean, on the inside of you, you might not have all the answers, you might not feel like you're in your purpose, but do you believe that inside you were made on purpose and for a purpose? This series is about equipping us to discover our identity and calling. And one of the questions we ask a lot here at City Church is, what does it mean to follow Jesus and practice the way of Jesus together in Boulder? And one of the, one of the challenges is we're trying to pay attention to this relationship, to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and, and do what he did in the world around us if he, was, if he were uniquely in our shoes, but we, we live in this Western cultural construct that makes it really hard to discover our identity because we have this issue of compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing our lives, don't we? Right, so you ever had someone ask you the question, hey, how's your spiritual life? You ever had anyone ask that? And it's a good question. It's like well-meaning, like, hey, how's your soul? Or maybe how's your heart? Or hey, how's your spiritual life? Imagine if someone asked Jesus, hey, how's your spiritual life, Jesus? He probably would have been like, you mean my, my life? <laughs> like just my my life, because for Jesus, everything was connected. For Jesus, everything was spiritual. There wasn't church on the weekends, and I work at Google, or I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have these hobbies, and I've got compartments that I operate in. But Jesus, for him, everything was spiritual, and this is really important. As we think about Jesus, every square inch of life in Jesus' mind and his worldview that he adopts, uh, invites us to adopt, every square inch of life matters to God. Every square inch of your life matters to God. And, and it doesn't mean that every square inch of my life and your life is what, it, what God wants it to be. You guys tracking with me? But it matters to God, and he's got some incredible things for us. You, you, you ever hear the phrase when you were growing up, hey, you can be whatever you want when you grow up? Did anybody, anybody hear that script? You can be whatever you want. That's a lie. <laughs> no, you cannot be whatever you want. Right, ninth grade, end of my freshman year, I weighed, weighed in at 98 pounds during off-season for my varsity football team tryouts. And guess what? Reality showed up that day and said, you cannot be whatever you want, Drake. And so you and I, part of the discovery and the process of invitation in our lives is understanding all of our potential and all of our limits. You cannot be whatever you want to be in this life. But God has uniquely created you for a purpose. He has a calling on your life. And our desire is to equip and empower you to discover that reality. So here's a quote that we kicked off with last week. Identity and calling is not something that you create, but it's something you discover from your creator. Now I realize some of you, you're wrestling with your spiritual journey. You're not sure where you land in the space of even what you believe about God, but this is the space that we find ourselves in as, as Jesus followers, and we believe that this is an incredible invitation to discover from the God who loves you why he puts you here. And so what's interesting is, is what you do matters. Would you guys agree? Like, like what you do actually matters. Like you're not just a spiritual life and then I work, but like Part of the discovery identity process is what we do should come out of who we are. So we call it the sweet spot here at City Church, that when you come alive, when you look at something, you're like, man, I was made for this, whatever this is, 
What you do should come out of who you are, and, and part of that is discovering who God says that you are. And so there's a book, I don't have time to get into all the content today, and so there's a book I highly recommend, I gave it to you last week called Garden City. It's a beautiful, beautiful theological framework of God's call and this relationship between work, rest, and what it means to be fully human. And so if you haven't picked that up, it's a great audible listen or a read. Lots of books lately we're throwing at you. But today, with the time that we have, I want to start kind of at the origin story of our relationship with God and work and rest as we discover our identity together. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And and we're just going to walk through a few things here. I'm going to give you a few big points, and then we're going to respond in worship together. So verse 26, this is in the creation account in Genesis. You can look at it on your own time as well. So God says, after creating uh, everything we see in the world around us, he gets to this space. God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And then I believe it goes on. You guys have the next slide? Yeah, and then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So this is the original creation account, and it's okay if you're wrestling with the book of Genesis and you're like, is this history? Is this literal? Is this poetry? You can deal with that another time. But right now, just, just track with me. What we're seeing here is an account of creation. And first, we see God create mankind unlike any other part of creation in his image. And I was talking to someone who's not a follower of Jesus earlier this week, and they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, that's a good question, in his image. It means in his likeness, meaning to, to follow in his nature. So God is generous so that we're generous, and he's creative so we're creative, and he's compassionate so we're compassionate, and he's just, and so we are for justice, and he is selfless and a servant, and so we take up the posture of servant. He is others-focused, and so we adopt a posture of humility. He is forgiving, and so we forgive. He is reconciling, and so we reconcile. And obviously, this is before the brokenness has entered the world, and so Uh, There's not a need for forgiveness at this point. But everything in the image and likeness of God, he has created us in that same likeness. But we don't just carry his image. We also carry his authority. All this language of ruling and shaping and subduing. Right? There's a purpose for creation, not not just to exist and float around like like the little fat angel baby playing a harp, right? There's this image of heaven. Like, what are you going to do when you die? Are you just going to float around and play a harp? No. Like, there's a purpose in your creation, something to do with your hands and your bodies. You're not just brains on sticks, and we're not just souls with a body. We're whole humans together. And there's this beautiful, uh, more, more detailed account in Genesis 2. So let me show you this. This is uh, verse 7. Then the Lord God, this is that same account kind of in detail, formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And then in verse 15, the author of Genesis also says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care care of it. So I want to give you this picture of kind of the original theology around work and rest and being fully human. So God breathes life into humanity. And then here we see that he wants them to take that very life that he gave them And then he wants them to breathe that same life everywhere they go. You guys see it? They're in his image. They're in his likeness. And now he's putting them in a place to be creative and to bring life to a place that is uncultivated. This is the space and calling of of God's original creation. So this is amazing. They come alive in God's presence. 
And then they are, they are expected as, as what we would call followers of Jesus today to bring life into everything they touch as a result. So the very life of God that is in them, they are called then to share with the world around. You guys tracking with me? This is a really important part of the theology around work and rest. And so let me ask you a few questions. Where do you work? Let's just do a little bit of participation. Say it loud so I can hear you. Where do you work? What do you do? Say it loud so I can hear you. Anybody. None of us work. Medtronic. Real estate. Awesome. Nannying. Absolutely. Warehousing. Let's go. Professional housewife over here, baby. Let's go. Medicine. Therapy, engineering, the rest of us play Xbox all day. Perfect. I love it. I see there's all kinds of, right, it's amazing all the things that you do. Any moms in the room? This is a full-time job. Yeah, you're working three jobs, I know. And so we have this space, and dads, by the way, there are full-time dads too. So I want you to understand, in this context in Genesis, work is a gift. And again, don't, don't think like just a nine to five, get a paycheck kind of, this could be any kind of work, but work is a gift in this context. How many of you guys feel like your work is a gift? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Daniel, where's Daniel? He raises his hand. <laughs> he works for me, that's funny. Um, your work is a gift. And so, so Adam doesn't get compensated for his work, right? This is not like the nine to five and he gets a check from God. He's not an employee of God. This is an invitation hey, uh, into a place of discovery and learning and creativity and permission and empowerment from God to go and work and create, to take the raw materials of the world around him and to make something beautiful. And that invitation has not stopped, friends. That is the very invitation for your life. And some of you are like, I have no idea how that capacity is in my current job. We're going to get there. But I want you to understand also that God sends Adam to work. It says he puts him in the garden. We don't just hope that God shows up when we're at work. We don't take God to work with us. We actually join him when we go to work. Are you guys tracking with me? This is really, really important. You're not taking God where he's never been. As Billy and Gina move to another part of the world, they're not taking God with them. They're joining him in that space. God's waiting for you. When you roll in at 6.30 online at your remote, remote job or you roll in nannying or you roll in and your kids woke up before you, God was already there waiting on you. I wonder when you were going to show up. Let's go. Let's do this thing. It's an invitation. God puts him in that space. And so first point today, very simply, I just want to help you capture this with me. We're invited to partner with God when it comes to our work. In any space, in any way, there is no separation for Jesus and God when it comes to ministry versus the industry that you find yourself in. They're the same, that we are all about empowering pastors and baristas and teachers and city kids. We're all about all of it. And so the space here is that work is a place of spiritual formation. That this is not just a place that he has to go and tolerate, but this is a place that God is actually going to form him and pull some of the things out of him that he didn't even know were inside of him. The same is true of you. You know, the work would be great if it wasn't for all the people that you had to work with, right? That's a problem, right? And so what if that is God's gift to you? You're like, oh, can I send it back? Is there a, ret you know, like, is there a return label? When does it expire? Spiritual formation happens when we find ourselves in community. And so God begins to call out of us, maybe sometimes through the difficult relationships we find ourselves in and the challenges we have at our hands to form us into his image and the calling he has on us. So other people, and you know this because this is why we do city groups, they're catalysts for our spiritual formation, aren't they? We choose community even when we don't always love the reality of difficulty in relationships. So our job is not to take God where he is not, but to join him in what he's already doing. Let me read this, uh, this quote for you from uh, Henry Blackaby. He wrote this book, 
Um, I'm totally blanking on the name of it, but I got the quote, so here you go. God does not ask us to dream big dreams or simply to solve the problems confronting us with our own best thinking. He asks us to walk with him so intimately that when he reveals his agenda, we can immediately adjust our lives and even our organizations to his will, and then the results will bring glory to God. This is the invitation. So let me ask you this question. What, What if it was normal to encounter God at work? This is really challenging for our Western construct. But what if it was just normal for you to encounter God at work? What if you had just as many spiritual encounters at work as you did during the, you know, the best amazing set while the worship team is leading and someone's praying over you? I heard a story this week by Alan Scott. He said that his brother was shaving one day, getting ready to go to work. And he felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, hey, when you get to work today, you need to check on this coworker. Her mom just went to the hospital this morning and she has this disease. Well, that's crazy. So he finishes shaving, he goes to work, he sees this coworker and he says, hey, how's your mom? She says, you know, she's not not good. She went to the hospital this morning. He said, yeah, she she went to the hospital this morning and, and she has this disease, doesn't she? And her eyes get like, you know, as big as yours would. (laughs) You're like, how do you know that? And and then he shares the story. He says, well, uh, I'm a Jesus follower and and I believe God still speaks today. And this morning, uh, I felt like God spoke to me about you and he wanted me to check on you. And naturally, all kinds of holy cows are going off. And, and, and so then what's really hilarious is other people in the office hear about this story. And so then they start coming to his brother. Hey, did, uh, did God tell you anything about me? <laughs> and, and then he's like, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask, but I, but I will. And then sure enough, each day he goes home and he asks and God continues to speak to him about his different coworkers. And then all of these people are coming to faith and beginning to follow Jesus. How crazy would that be, right? How crazy would it be for God to do that? I think he wants to. I think you and I maybe just don't have the framework to allow him to do that. And so for us, I I hope that you see this, as we think about our vocation, the outward calling of discovery, we don't just send missionaries, we also send baristas and engineers and teachers and stay-at-home moms and nannies and bus drivers. You guys tracking with me? And we send middle school students and high school students and elementary school students. We are missionaries in every capacity, that God is everywhere. Everyone is called as a follower of Jesus to be a co-worker in the spaces where we live, work, and play with God, to make his love known in the world around us. And so I hope that you hear this, and hopefully this is already true at our, at our church, but we don't value pastors over stay-at-home moms or, or any kind of specific ministry job over being an engineer. We think all of those things are spaces where God gets the glory and he wants to bring good news through you. So you might ask the question, what does it look like to reflect the good news in the spaces where I live, work, and play? I'm not a big sports guy um, because all my dreams were crushed in the ninth grade. Um, so since then, I just decided to turn away from that so I don't have to be depressed. But um, you know, when, you, when you're watching uh, soccer and uh, you know, it's the big leagues and everything's amazing and everybody's sweaty and they, make a, they, they, they score a goal and the winning team, normally whoever scored the goal, what do they do? They run around and they strip off their shirt and they woo, and then, and then some of them, if they're, if they're following, and then everybody else is like, woo, look at those abs, you know, that happens, you know, so all that's happening. And, and, and then if they're a follower of Jesus sometimes, what do they do? They either have like something written on their chest, or like they do the, the finger pointy thing, right? And like, you can judge that if you want to and, and think whatever you want about it, but the point is, what are they doing? They're giving acknowledgement for the skills and the gifts that they have and bringing glory to God in that space. That's the purpose of that. You made me for this. 
That's the, and you're like, well, that's so convenient to be made for something where you get paid that much and have a great, like, that's wonderful, yeah. You're like, I don't feel that way, but I want you to think about it. Uh, Seth and I, um, one of our staff members here, we started a, a mobile car wash business. And this is not a pitch for you to get your car washed, but I'll just use it as an example. Um, and, and on the side, we're doing this, and it's not just to like, pay the bills, and it's not just to make ends meet. It's also for the opportunity to interact with and bring God's good news and glory to every opportunity we have to interact with people. And so I was thinking about it. like, man, What would it look like for you and I to think about our jobs in a way where every time something significant happened, we, we completed something we kind of had that same mentality, right? And like we get done dry in a truck and we take the towel and we just run around and do a lap to God's glory. Look at this beautiful car. You guys aren't as impressed. I thought it was a great idea. Or like, is Albert in the room? Albert, are you here? Oh, he's not. All right, he, I, I, I'm going to talk about him online then. All right, so Albert, um, he's one of our board members and he crushes it in IT and stuff, but he runs spreadsheets like nobody's business. And so just imagine if Albert this week, he does the perfect spreadsheet, builds all the perfect formulas. And you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like next level, like, oh man, this thing is sweet. And when he gets done, he pushes himself back from his computer. He prints off just, just a screenshot of that and then just does a lap around his office with a, with a spreadsheet. Let's go! Right? Well, why? Because, God, you, I'm good at this. You made me for this. I'm bringing glory to, like, every time you and I do something of significance, we make something of the world around us. If, if you're a parent and you're changing a diaper and you successfully get the bad one off and you don't get peed on and you throw that one away, slam dunk, put the new one on, let me just encourage you this week, just pick up that baby and run around the house. Let's go to God's glory, right? This is the space of celebrating. God, I'm made for this. And some of you are like, I have no idea. I don't even feel that way about my job. <laughs> I feel you. But listen, listen, the invitation is not just to partner with God. It's also to dream with God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. Genesis 2, 19. So God formed him out of, the, out of the ground, all the wild animals, all the birds, and he brought them to the man to see. Check this out. The original creation account, to see what Adam would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So we're not just invited to partner with God, we're also invited to dream with God. That God doesn't put him in the garden and say, hey, keep it tidy. Kind of maintain what I've given you. He says, go and create and dream and let's do this together. He says, why would God do that? I think because he loves the aspect of relationship, of partnering with us to see the creativity inside of you and see what you might bring to life. And so he gives it a shot. That's a rabbit. And that's a platypus, <laughs> right? And, and, and we're like, all right, we'll keep it. Let's go. Like, and he has this moment of creativity, of dreaming with God. I need you to know, listen, God loves what he, puts, he, he has put inside of you. And the part of your capacity is to dream about bringing life to the environments around you. It doesn't mean you come out with the new Tesla, <laughs> The, the, the next Amazon, it could just be that you have a vision for your workplace to fill others up with encouragement every time you're there. In, in the space that we see in Genesis here, when someone, in, in the Hebrew, when someone names something, it's not just a name, it represents an identity, speaking life. So my work and your work and the work in the places that we live, work, and play is to discern God's plans and purposes for the life that we have. So we ask the question, what would Jesus do if he were me? And this is the space that we are pressing into. 
God, what are your plans and purposes for my life? But here's what you know and here's what I know is that because of the chapter in Genesis 3, work is difficult. It, it doesn't maintain its, its original design. It's still hard and the, and the ground is cursed, if you will. But what's amazing, I don't want you to miss this, is that in that curse, it's actually God's goodness in disguise. Because you and I cannot find satisfaction in the work of our hands alone. But with the dissatisfaction that we find in our effort to make something significant of our lives is meant to point us back to the God who loves us. That in the curse is a gift to point us back to new life in God. And then in that space, as we return to God, out of our relationship with him, we partner to bring life and hope to the broken world around us. Are you guys tracking with me? This is the vision that God has for you and your workplace and the environments where you live, work, and play, whether it's an office and you work remote in a coffee shop or you go to, the, to, to climate movement or you run trails or you're in a biking club or whatever you do. And, and it's hard, right? It's, it's hard because, because it's easy to complain, isn't it? Everybody complains. So easy to complain, especially when you work for somebody that's kind of a dingle. You know, you're like, all right, man, he deserves some complaint. But he, listen, as Jesus followers, complaint doesn't belong on our lips because we're called to the hard stuff, to bring life into the spaces that are broken. And so what better time on the planet to bring the light and the good news and the joy and the life and the hope of Jesus to the spaces where we live, work, and play than right now? So let's not complain about what's the hard stuff on Monday morning, but look for opportunities to bring life. And last thing, we are invited to share God's story in those spaces. We get to, we, we have the privilege of as Jesus followers to connect the story of God through the work that we do. And so sometimes you might have crazy stories like I shared earlier, right, of God speaking to you about something and you have this really cool moment of being able to, to speak into someone's life and, and, and they just feel seen and loved by God. And other times it might be very simply that you hear a coworker share a pain point and you extend just a little more boldness in the space that you find myself in and rather just, than just saying I'm sorry or maybe even creating the space to hear them at all, you also say, hey, I'm so sorry to hear that. Can I pray for you? You know, I mean, that's so weird. Yeah, it is. But it's also one of the most incredible ways that people feel cared for as they hear you talk to a God that feels like a friend and act like they actually care. And it might be in person. It might be later someone shared something. You send them a text. Hey, I was, I was thinking about you. And the story came to mind. Or, hey, I, I was thinking about what you're walking through and... and and you send them a prayer via text, whatever it is. It might be as simple as inviting someone to, to the BOCO event this week, right? We create kind of third party, third environment of events, not a weekend gathering, not a city group, so we can build community. And it might just be being bold enough to say, hey, I would love for you to join me this Wednesday and prioritizing it on your calendar so you can create space to engage in community. And in that space, then you connect and you care deeply. But listen, work is not just the place that we, that we get a check from, right? No, no matter where you find yourself today, friends, you might not feel like you're in, you're in your purpose and calling today, that no matter what you find yourself doing today, God has a purpose and a plan for you even in that. Consumerism is just, I, I check in and check out so I can live the life I wanna live. That's not, we're not consumers as Jesus followers. 
Work is an avenue, no matter how much I love it or less than love it. It's an avenue that we get to bring life into every area of our culture. We talk about it like this, domain engagement, the, the spaces where you live, work, and play. What makes City Church significant is not our seating capacity, but our sending capacity. You guys tracking with me? And so today, we're not just sending out Billy and Gina, we're sending out you as well. This is the calling you had last week. Maybe you just weren't alive to it. This is the calling and the, the invitation toward discovery that God has for us. So let me give you this last quote uh, from that book that I share with you, Garden City. He's, uh, John Mark Homer said that God is involved in our story, in your story, in my story, to the degree that we open up our lives to his authorship. I'm going to invite... Uh, the keys to come, and as they get ready to lead us in worship, I'm gonna just so let's sit in that role more second. God is involved in my story to the degree that we open up our lives to His authorship. And so I realize for different people in the room, this looks like a lot of different things. But here's a couple of next steps for you this week. Number one. I just want to invite you to read Psalm 139 this week, even if you're not a Jesus follower. These Bibles and the seatbacks in front of you, those are our gift to you. Take them. But just sometime this week, read Psalm 139 and just listen to God's purposes and plans over your life. And then this week, I want to encourage you. We'll post these on our social media accounts as well. I want you to get along with God and ask these questions. Number one, God, what passions have you given me? What makes me come alive? Some of you feel so stuck in what you're doing. Some of you feel so stuck in this life. Does it even matter? You don't even want to get up tomorrow. You don't want to engage another day. You're exhausted and burnt out and worn out. God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. God, what passions have you given me? Number two, God, what gifts have you given me? What am I, what am I good at? What do I uniquely contribute to the world around me? What is it that you put inside of me? And the next question would be, what opportunities have you given me? This time, this place, this season, these circles of influence. My favorite coffee just happens to be over here. Is there something there? I work out at this gym and I climb with these people and I work with these people and I'm remote with all of these people and you put all of these people on my team under me to influence and you've given me this new job over here or you've given me influence with this family over here and I'm investing in this home through nannying over here. What is it that you put in front of me? Because it's a unique calling, a joy for your hands to contribute to this world, but it's also going to involve the people around you. And in those spaces, it's going to be for your good and God's glory and for the good of others that we live this out. Lastly, how can, how can I share your story? This is what you're asking, God. How can I share your story in the world around me? One of the things we see in the scriptures over and over again of early Jesus followers is they kept praying for boldness, not safety, not you know, safe travels, not comfort, boldness, over and over again in, in the hard stuff. 
God, give us boldness. God, give us boldness. God, give us boldness. And maybe the gap for you and I in seeing a difference in the world around us is being bold about the story we have to share. In love, not weird at all, but processing all of this. And the last thing is to process your identity and calling in community. Our city groups this week are just gonna have some spaces to talk about these questions together and invite other people to speak into some of the things that we're wrestling with. That many times this discovery process is not done in a silo, it's done through the experiences around us, the community around us, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, all of that. So I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna worship, okay? Will you bow your heads with me? As you bow your heads and close your eyes, this is just a moment of privacy for you, privacy for others in the room, so you don't have to worry about what, what, what people are doing around you. And let's just listen to God for a moment. Maybe you're in the room today and you're familiar with the brokenness, you're familiar with the frustration, you're familiar with trying to find fulfillment and significance and it constantly slips through your fingers. And maybe that brokenness is a blessing in disguise that on the other side of that is the opportunity to look to the God who loves you. That you won't find fulfillment, you won't find life, you won't find joy simply in the work of your hands. But you will find those things in Jesus of Nazareth. God become a man who lived a perfect life like you and I cannot, who died on a cross for the sins of the world, for our brokenness. He was buried and he rose again, proving that he had all the power he said he had, proving that he was who he said he was, and proving that he can do in my life and in your life what he said he would do to save us, to give us new life, to fill us with the breath of life, to make us new. And some of you have never made a decision to trust in Jesus. And I wanna invite you very simply today. That invitation is open to you wherever you find yourself. You don't have to have it all figured out like Katie said, but to trust in the person of Jesus will change everything. So maybe sitting right where you are today, you would, you would surrender and say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. And I believe you died for me and rose again to make me new and give me new life. And I want to follow you today. Others of us in the room, maybe the Holy Spirit speaking to you very clearly about a coworker that you need to invest in, a need that you need to meet, someone that you need to text, something a shift in the way that you think about your workplace or your job. Maybe calling something out of you. Encouragement to get up another day. So wherever you find yourself today, whatever the Holy Spirit's doing, would you just respond appropriately? If you need prayer, our prayer team is in the back. They'd love to pray over you. And so, Father, we give you this time. We surrender our agendas, we surrender our fears and our doubts and our what ifs, and we invite you into this space so that we can find life in you and step into this journey of discovery and calling. God, I pray that our church would come alive, that the mission of City Church and your mission in the world around us would come alive starting today in a fresh and new way as we go out into the spaces where we live, work, and play. Give us purpose and identity 
and understanding in our calling. And even in the mundane, even in the frustrating, even in the question marks of how all of this is working into your plan, could we trust you? And invite you and join you in the workplaces in Jesus' name. Amen.